Thanksgiving here in the States. Um, I am I'm feeling pretty good this morning. I've been up a few hours. I'm trying to change my mindset about all the crap that happened with my ex-coach, who I'm now calling Slippery Fish. <laughs> That's a good way to, uh, you know, not release his name and what a jerk he is and take revenge because I'm better than that. I'm in recovery, and I practice what I preach, and I just don't have that many evil bones in my body. So anyway, um, I went to a recovery Dharma group last night. I'm trying to get in the habit of going every Monday. It's really, what a neat little structure. I'm actually leading the group next week. I'm a little nervous about it because I'm not definitely an expert, but as you know, we went over it God, I don't even know for a sake of time, but we had done it a while back. We went through the book together and did some of the exercises. And, you know, like when I went to GA, I think that it took years to program everything that's in the yellow book into my brain. You know, like I can I can recite quite a bit of it by heart. I'm not at that level with Recovery Dharma yet. And uh, it's it's new, so new to me. So I have to process and digest it, but I really enjoy it. The meetings are, ooh, excuse me, my coffee is working, I swear. Um, it's, it's led, you know, it has a nice little structure. We read a couple things in the beginning, and then we do a meditation, and then we share, and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, and uh yeah, I'll keep you posted on the things I learned. Last night we did impermanence was the topic. And it had to do with, you know, things are always changing. We're not the same. I'm not going to be the same by the time I finish this sentence is essentially, you know, as simple as it is. Uh, we had a little fun with the science, though, too. We chatted about if our if our bodies um, re- what is it called? Like repopulate ourselves every seven years. That topic came up and there's a, there was a scientist in the group. And, uh, you know, we got a little silly about it's not like your whole body feeds away and then seven years you're someone new. But essentially your your cells are ever evolving through time. And I think that our minds and actions and feelings and values, I notice for me values change the more educated I get on certain things or the more perspective or experience I have on certain things. And I love the change in growth and recovery. Like it's one of my favorite parts about being in recovery because now I have an excuse to constantly change (laughs) or at least an understanding of why I do or how I operate. So that's just my random little nugget for this morning. Let's jump into the reading. Eclat. Oh, goodness, this is a Bible thing, so hopefully you know what I mean. Ecclesiastes 1-2-5 says, Our generation passeth away, and another generation cometh. After we've been in recovery for a while, we begin to see that addiction is not confined to our family alone, but is intergenerational, sprinkled throughout our family tree. It may have skipped certain generations, but it almost always reappeared. Tragically, 
it was often accompanied by divorce, suicide, and lifetimes of extreme stress and pain. We can break the cycle. Although we have lived in much of the same pain and suffering that that preceded us, we have a program of recovery our elders did not have. Part of our legacy to our children will be the gift of change. Those who come after us will see something new in our family tree, recovery. We are grateful to have found our recovery program and equally grateful that we can pass pass it on. Now at last, there's a way out. Now we have tools to deal with the pain of addiction. Perhaps one day the pain will be gone for good. Work through by generations of recovering people who have passed on a legacy of healing and new life. Today, help me be grateful to be recovering and to be breaking a cycle that probably began long before me. Oh, I can relate to this, right? Having, having family members caught up in addiction, not just immediate, wow, I'm apologizing, guys. Sorry about this. I swear, I swear, I've had coffee and I've been up for hours, but I still blame it on this room occasionally. <laughs> At any rate, I am, I am that generational change in our family. And even though I don't have children, I do have nieces and nephews and siblings. And as you know, I'm an advocate for change, right? And the thing that's the most important to me, here's where, here's where I think I went wrong. And this is where I think I became a gambler. And it's not an excuse. I just think that this is, this is what I've come to believe through time and soul searching is that I didn't want to be an alcoholic, so I was gambling. Like, they both did the same thing, essentially. I didn't have to deal with whatever I didn't want to deal with. That's kind of the short version. So I tried to not become an alcoholic, and I became a gambler. Like, that's just the story. And then, oh, it was really, I think I saw somewhere where somebody said, um, you know, like when you quit gambling, does your alcohol use go up? And I think that that did happen to me on some levels. I mean, it was complicated because of that, I'll call it recovery relationship I was in with the guy, but, and, and us both keeping a pulse on each other's drinking. And then after watching him the last year, I really think, I, I really think he traded not that it's for me to say, but that was just my impression. Um, and what the hell do I know? I was 1,200 miles away and not getting the truth. So, and for me, I noticed it was the same thing. And I, I'm not saying that with judgment. I'm just saying it as the, that was just the evolution of it. So at any rate, now what I'm focused on, and it's very important to my values, is well, a couple things. I have a cousin whose father had committed suicide. He was a, when she was four, he was a heroin addict and um, he had gotten clean and then he found out he had AIDS and him and his girlfriend had broken up. Um, She was HIV positive as well. And I think in his mind, he thought he would never find another love again, you know? So that was kind of the story behind that. And then, then she had to deal with living with my biological father, um, who was a complete drunken addict. And she's not a drinker, but 
she does like to gamble and her partner likes to gamble. So I get nervous for her now that I'm on the other side of it. I used to be the bad influence. I will, I will take full ownership of that. I mean, we used to go to the casino together a lot. I mean, and I loved getting to visit with her, you know, in the car. We had some of the most profound talks and stuff. And I don't, I don't preach recovery, right? Like that's, that's one of the things we we have to be mindful when dealing with our family members and stuff. We can't be like, hey, you should quit or whatever. But I do keep her informed of my development on some level. I try to check in with her, make sure she's okay. And she usually tells me, you know, she's like, oh, we haven't gone in a while or yeah, we have or whatever. And it's not, I'm not saying that she's a gambling addict. I'm just saying that I try to just make sure she's mindful because she really is. Uh, you know, an ideal candidate for gambling to take over her life. Like she's definitely responsible and has kids and, you know, all the things, but I'm still going to be wary. Now, my niece, on the other hand, is still young enough and to the best of my ability, best of my knowledge, she's being transparent with me. I've asked her, you know, are you drugging or drinking? No. Okay. Um, she's, She's dialed in to trying to live as healthy as possible as she can in her circumstances. And she tries. And I may or may not agree with everything that she's doing or saying or whatever. But I need to be there for her without judgment to give her a safe place. And here's why. If we don't give the children or the next generation the safe place, where do they go? They go to look for another safe place behind gambling, behind alcohol, right? Behind drugs. Drugs don't judge you. Drugs don't give you a hard time about your decisions. Casinos don't give you a hard time about your choices. The casinos don't care about your problems, right? So, I don't, I want her to know she has other resources. And that's, that's one of the ways I think we could do it. I think that we should set good examples in our recovery. I think that as painful as it might be to hear some of the things, and I'll be honest, you know, she told me things that have made me very uncomfortable and have hurt my heart, not at me, but just some of her experiences and stuff. But she needs to know she can talk about that and not have to go cope with it in another way. Because that's really all, all it is, right? Like things get broken. We don't know how to handle it. We become addicts. Like it's kind of that simple, at least in my simple brain. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't that it's that simple. But it, if you went through anybody's story, you're going to find that there was trauma or something that they weren't dealing with and that the gambling, the alcohol, the drugs, the whatever, the shopping, the bad relationships, whatever it is, was a way to numb, escape, isolate, not deal with, whatever. You're going to find that that's pretty much the storyline. Until we fix what's broken, we can't heal. So let's not break the children. Let's not give them the opportunity to get lost in this freaking addictive nonsense. Let's do better than that. Let, let's champion 
the generations. Let let's be a good example. Let's let's teach them affirmations in a mirror instead of in a bottle. <laughs> you know, like or I'm going out and going to the casino or whatever. You know, like the things. Let's let's just do better for the kids. I mean, I think as a as a world, as a people, we're doing better by talking about it, by trying to reduce the stigma, by by being authentic and vulnerable in ways because there's so many people out there that want to help other people. I think we're getting there. I think we're moving the needle. I think we're finding creative solutions for the young people who might not connect with with traditional recovery methods, whether it's rehab or um, GA or whatever. Like, it's the world is changing, and we can be part of making a difference for those next generations. And I'm happy to do it alongside of you. So keep that in mind. Do better. Be better. It's okay. Like it might not be easy to be better all the time. I know I'm struggling with that right now. Uh, But it is better to be better. All right, beautiful people. I hope you will go do better today. You know, it's, uh, it's an opportunity. It really is. We can literally change the world one person at a time. And I think that's the way we can look at it. All right. I love you. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.